Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Monday uh, to you and yours. Uh, we have a fantastic show uh, planned for you today, an awesome show planned for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about Deion Sanders. And Deion Sanders moved from Jackson State uh, to Colorado. We may touch on at the end with Steve Kim, we may touch on some other NFL topics. But this Deion Sanders situation uh, has me fired up uh, and excited, and uh, it's provoked a lot of different uh, thoughts in me. And so we'll talk about that with Jason Brown from uh, Last Chance U, Last Chance Q, uh, our coaching and football expert. Want to get Jason Brown's take. We'll talk about it with T.J. Moe, former Missouri uh, SEC football player, uh, and then we'll talk about it with Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell. Uh, and then with Cosell or with Steve Kim, we may get into some other football topics. But I am most passionate today about Deion Sanders and his move from Jackson State to Colorado. Uh, anybody that's followed my Twitter feed knew that I kind of thought and predicted wrongly that Deion would not leave Jackson State for Colorado. I was wrong about that. I didn't think it was a good enough job. It kind of shocked me and surprised me. It speaks to, I think, Dion's uh, desperation to get away from Jackson State, that perhaps Dion just wasn't happy there and needed to be in the comfort of more palatious. Uh, Dion didn't want to struggle anymore, and so he's run off to Colorado where he can get better facilities, a bigger paycheck, and access to better athletes uh, than he was <clears throat> getting at Jackson State. And so my first initial thought, and I'm going to expound on this probably a little bit even more tomorrow, is that uh, my number one takeaway, my number one takeaway, and I don't know how deep I'll go into this with Jason Brown, uh, but it is my number one takeaway. As black people, we would rather beg than build our own. That's what this whole Deion Sanders situation truly illustrates. Rather than build our own great program, dynasty, legacy, rather build, than build our own platform, we'd rather go beg white people uh, to give us access to their platform. That's what this is. Deion Sanders had an awesome opportunity and not just Deion Sanders, a lot of the black celebrities that you hear uh, running their mouths about Black Lives Matter and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, black coaches just don't get a chance. All, all these people that are so pro-black, you won't hear one black celebrity today, tomorrow, next week, anytime last week, say, oh man, I'm mad Deion left Jackson State 
because I was going to donate $50 million to Jackson State's football program and athletic program in order to keep that thing rolling. You won't hear P. Diddy say that. You won't hear LeBron James say that. You won't hear uh, Dr. Dre, who gave $70 million to USC. You won't hear him say that. You won't hear Oprah Winfrey. You won't hear any of the people, any of the alleged pro-blacks, talking today or any, man, you know why I'm mad Dion left? It's because I was just about to dump a bunch of money into Jackson State and really try to take SWAC football to the next level. You won't hear it. You know why? Because we think that the white man's ice is colder. Period. End of story. And we don't believe in building anything of our own. Period. End of story. You won't hear any of the talking heads, any of the media personalities say, hey, how come uh, black celebrities and people of wealth didn't rally behind Deion Sanders and Jackson State and other HBCUs and see that Deion created a great opportunity to build the HBCU product into something great and profitable and exciting and sustainable for HBCUs? How come black celebrities didn't rally around them? What you will hear is some will complain, oh, Dion ran off for Colorado, or you'll hear him saying, of course Dion left. That's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to elevate. And it's because anything that's all black, we don't think is any good. So we don't build it, we don't invest in it, and we certainly don't support it over the long haul. That's my number one take. My second take, which I will bring in uh, JB, uh, Jason Brown, welcome uh, back to the show, is I don't think uh, Deion Sanders is going to be successful at Colorado. I hated, hated his speech uh, to his players at Colorado yesterday. JB, I know, at least based off of what I saw on your Twitter, you liked it. I want to play an excerpt. Uh, starting off the first clip that I think is around 50, 60 seconds of Dion talking to his team at Colorado. Let's play that clip and then me and JB will respond. We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louie. I'm cut. It ain't gonna be no more of a mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for Probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're gonna get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart. Say that smart. Smart. Tough. Tough. He's telling kids to jump in the portal. The more of you jump in the portal, that's good. And now I want you to repeat after me. Smart, tough, blah, blah, blah. We'll play another, I don't know if we'll play the clip, but he's talking, nobody wearing hats in the meetings, blah, but he's wearing a hat. I, I'm sorry, I'm coming. This guy thinks he's Jesus Christ. I, I'm just sorry, man. Coaches need to talk about we, not I. I just don't see this working over the long haul. I think it's great what he did at Jackson State. He recruited more talent than everyone else at Jackson State, and that's why he won. 
in the Pac-12, he will not recruit more talent than everyone else. He's actually going to have to coach, motivate, and lead, and promising your son and other players jobs before a practice has even been played doesn't work for me, JB. First of all, I think there's a misconception out there on when this meeting was. That meeting you just showed was several days before they even played the Jackson State Southern game. So that people aren't letting you know that. Uh, if you listen to what he said earlier, he said, when I get back here after I finish what I started at Jackson State, I already knew this because, Jason, I have two players that start there at Colorado that played for me at Indy on Last Chance U. So I have two players there, uh, Chance Main, Jamar Chase. They both play there. Um, and so that meeting right there was held several days before he even left Jackson State. So that was all on the wrap. He was already there. Everyone knew he was taking the job. People were asked not to say anything to anybody. So when he said the hat thing, uh, he, he did say that when I get back here, we are going to have no hats. Now, hopefully he does not wear one. Good point for, by you. Um, so that was before he even was the head coach there. Um, a lot of people think that happened yesterday. So hold, hold on, JB. Hold on, JB. Are you sure about this? The athletic director introduced Dion at that yep. meeting. And yep. you're saying he did that before it was officially yep. announced? Yes. They kept it on the wrap because they, they the AD mentioned that Sunday we were going to make have a live press conference, which they did have yesterday. And if you look, what was he wearing? <laughs> Uh, there's, there's, that was three days before the Jackson state game. He was already accepted the job. Remember, I got a best friend on the staff. I got two kids on the team. Uh, that was before the, he, he even said it in the meet in that, in that speech right there. He said, I have to finish what I started when I get back from Jackson. I state. thought he's talking about the celebration bowl. They, they got a bowl game they're playing in. No, he's talking about Southern. So they played Southern that day. So that this is what I've been told. So I, I, I don't know if he's going to come back from that thing. I, th I heard he was not coaching anymore. I heard that the J the TC cat or whatever was taking over the team um, for their for their last game. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of find it hard pressed for me to be wrong on this one unless they told me something false. But from what I understand, that was before their Southern game. And it was already a deal because the AD was announcing it on Sunday. The part that I liked was him addressing it as far as saying you can jump in the portal. The reason I say that, Jason, is being around these guys so long and doing this so long and rebuilding programs, he has nothing to lose. That place is a losing program. And to be honest, uh, I had Matt McChesney on my, on my show this morning, and we went into this deep, deep, deep. Uh, you know, I, I, I hear what he was saying as another white dude. He was basically saying, you know, we're the only university in America to hire three black coaches. This is the fourth. Um, and all that is good. But the previous three, John Embry, Carl Durrell, and uh, Mel Tucker were, uh, were atrocious. They were awful. And, um, and so that to me is not as impressive as uh, – what Dion did for the SWAC and HBCU and for him, in my opinion, for him to be slotted on black Twitter and getting, uh, basically being told he's the devil and many, by many black folks on my show is unbelievable. I was told on my show today, he should be shameful, ashamed of himself. He let the blacks down 
And I'm sitting there thinking, did Stephen A. and Ryan Clark turn down the Philadelphia Globe Inquirer or whatever to, to turn down ESPN to stay there? Or did they leave for a better opportunity at ESPN and these bigger platforms? I'm just kind of confused on what brothers want for other brothers. Are we wanting to succeed and elevate? Or are we trying to hold these cats down? And I say we. I think I'm- your ears are tuned different. Your ears are tuned different, JB. And they, and, and they should be. I'm not criticizing you that for that. Yeah. But, but what people are disappointed is like, hey, if Dion leaves for a great job, no problem. He left for one of the worst jobs where, just like you said, it's been Death Valley for every coach uh, that's taken it since Bill McCartney. And it's certainly been Death Valley for every black coach that they've brought in there. And so, he, again, he, Dion made a point, and I may not get into this until tomorrow, but in his speech, he said something about how lucky these kids were to be there with these great facilities. And then he said something about, and no crime. And it's just this little small thing where he said no crime. And what he's saying is, unlike what I was dealing with in Mississippi, and and what he's he's taking a dump on Jackson State, and this is I'm just my ears are tuned different. He doesn't want to do the hard work of turning Jackson State into a premier football institution. And I think he had a chance to do that if. If the black celebrities that love to talk how pro-black they are, if they dump their money into Jackson State. And so what Dion is leaving for is what black people do all the time. That, you know what, I want to go work at that white institution where their alumni and white people actually support that institution. Black people, we don't support our own institutions. And he said, they're crime-ridden, and I want out of here as fast as I can. That's what's irritating people. Yeah, but, you know, you said something that kind of resonated. You said that he could have turned them around into a power. He did. He did as much as you can do. Like, there is no. No, not even close. There's no way you can do more there. There, Jason, you said a big if. Where is Jay-Z, LeBron, Beyonce, Oprah, Cube? Where are they at? I talked about it this morning on my show. If they gave money, then if, then that's a huge if that we just didn't have happen. I'm going to be honest. I got a guy on the staff. I'm going to tell you what my guy on the staff said. Very reliable. said, JB, Dion went out and asked people of the LeBron statures and these type of guys in the business that are black African-American people that are billionaires. Hey, man, it ain't going to be another figurehead like me as a black coach coaching black men. There's not going to be another one of me. This is your time to jump and get in here. You want me to stay? You want to do this and make a change? Let's start dumping some money. No one did. Chirp, quiet, crickets. So what are you going to do? Stay there and be in a JUCO facility and not move up? Are you going to stay? No, no, no. Let me tell you what he did, JB. He did it behind the scenes, not publicly. When we want something from white people, we don't do it behind the scenes. We hop True. on national TV and beg 
and scratch and crawl and cry and shed tears and demonize and call them every name. How come they give me this job? They're racist. We do all of that. But when it's up, but he going to ask everybody else behind the scenes, why not take it publicly? Why not a public campaign for people to do what's right? And so miss me. I don't believe he really asked because I don't believe he really wanted to stay. And if he really asked, he should have done it publicly. And there should be public pressure on people to put their money where their mouth is. Hey, I got to be. This is the thing. I agree with you on that. But I don't. This is another thing, though. Nobody's talking about Florida State turning him down two, three years ago, saying he didn't have a college degree. No one's bringing that up at all. No one's talking about Hugh Freeze. Uh, basically having hookers on the on the on the party on the party line at Ole Miss, and he's right back in the SEC at Auburn. No one's talking about USF and Florida Atlantic not even engaging in a conversation with Dion because of what he did in Dallas at his high school that he created and, and all this type of thing. So I'm confused as to why now he's being bashed, though. That's the problem I have. That's the only problem I have. Was it the right or wrong move? I don't know. But the problem I have is this, because I've been in this profession a long time. When you rebuild something from the ground up like he did at Jackson, gave up a, gave up his salary for a couple coaches of my buddies of mine I know. He, he, he built the locker room, which I've done and been there, done that at Compton College, at Independence. I've done these things. It's only so much you can do, and it wears on you when no one else puts in. And if these other people aren't going to put in, including your own administration – and they just think, oh, you're Deion Sanders. You're, you're God. You're magic man. At some point, you're going to be like, you know what? Screw you. Go ahead and figure it out when I leave now and figure out how bad you miss me. Right? Independence, I think, won three or four games this year. So, like, I'm just saying, people don't understand. Like, you will miss me, but while you have me, I'm giving you an opportunity. I went through a COVID year with you. I brought in the number one player in America. I brought my sons in here. We went 12-0. and 0. We have 60 minutes here all the time. We've been on ESPN game day, college game day. We are on TV. When have you ever been able to turn on ESPN <coughs> Southern play Jackson State on TV? And besides Dion, who's the most instrumental swack black college human being ever? Who is it? Coach Eddie, Eddie Robinson. Robinson. Eddie Robinson. So – Eddie Robinson, then you got Steve McNair, Jerry Rice, T.O., Walter Payton. Other than, and there's some others, but Deion Sanders is arguably the most instrumental person to ever walk into that league and that conference. And you got national notoriety on that place. And for no one to jump, like you said, yes, he could have came out and made a public campaign, but he made that, he made that mistake. I don't know if I hold him to why, why Dion, why would, why is he the one that has to stay there? Eddie George is in the league. I don't think he, Eddie George is there. I don't think he has to stay there, but to run out for Colorado and to never really go out and pursue what could have been done. Everything's done behind the scenes. Miss me with that garbage. Let I, me play another clip. This is a little, this is a two minute clip of Dion uh, uh, talking I believe to the players, may have been at the press conference, I can't remember. Let, let's play this clip. Now let's get busy. You know at Jackson State, we got to believe. I'm still going to believe because I've been believing ever since I was a shorty. When I told my mother at age of seven, I was going to make a lot of money, I was going to be rich, and she was going to never have to work a 
another day of life. And my actions lined up, lined up with that belief. And I had to stop believing. And I have a problem when young men with everything in front of them don't believe. That's a problem for me. Tremendous problem. Because you can rescue your mama, you can rescue your father, your friends, your loved ones, the homies, anybody who's looked out for you. You have the ability and opportunity to do that. But you gotta believe. It's the spirit around this uh, team, around this school, that is not traditional. In some kind of way, you guys have accepted it and you've begun to be complacent with it. And even some of the guys that aren't here that's supposed to be here, those are the ones. All this gonna stop. I still have unfinished business to do at Jackson State because whatever I saw, I'm gonna finish. And we gotta go win this championship. We gonna do that. But then shortly thereafter, I just want you to know, I'm coming. Not to compete, but to win. Not to show up, but to show out. Not to be amongst the rest, but to be the best. I'm coming. I'm flat out coming. This is real. This ain't no ESPN or this ain't one of the networks you just happen to see me on. I'm right in front of you. You know why? Because I'm coming. I'm coming to restore, to replace, to re-energize some of y'all that are salvageable. I'm not gonna lie, everybody that's sitting there in the seat ain't gonna have a seat when we get back. But I'm coming. See, that's why my buddy, uh, my, kid, my kids were telling me that's why, you know, uh, a couple guys didn't even show up to his meeting because it was a couple days prior. So uh, he was pissed about some people not showing up, some players not showing up. And that's what I think he went on the rant about. Okay, you go I would have walked and- out. I would have walked out. As a this player? guy's making it all about him. This ain't ESPN. I'm here. You're looking at me. This is idolatry at the highest level. He's an, I, it's self-idolatry. This will not work. There's, JB, again, correct me if I'm wrong. No head coach that I know of any success or work gives that kind of speech. I'm coming. I'm doing this. I, 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 I. Coaches don't talk that way. It's about my, the kids. Well, my motto in my 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 motto was a big rap, and it was it said it's not about me, it's about us. So I agree. Uh, I agree with what you're saying as far as the I'm coming thing. Um, I I don't know about that, and I don't know about looking down and reading off of a podium. I if I address my team, it's from the heart. I've never had to script anything. So. Uh, I'm not going to read a script when I address my team. I should already know what I'm going to say because it's from the heart and that's what I want. And that's what those kids feel when they get coached by me. They know it's genuine and real. I don't know how real and genuine that looks. I know he gets through to the kids. I know uh, that's half the battle. And, and coaches lose games. Players win games. Uh, I heard. I saw what you wrote earlier, and, I, and I'm a huge advocate for that. I think coaches lose them. Players win them. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have bought in either. The quarterbacks already entered the portal today. If you hadn't seen, um, the starting quarterbacks already. JT entered the, Stroud, yeah. No, no, uh, McCown. 
uh, McCown's son is the starter at Colorado. Um, oh. he, he's already entered the portal because, yes, uh, I'm sure you remember Josh McCown, the quarterback. That's his oh, yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. That's his kid. So he's entered the portal, but that's what's going to happen when you come in and say, you know, I'm Big Willie. and I'm handing s- out jobs in your press conference. Which is you illegal. haven't coached these kids a, a day in your life. First of all, his comments, his own son at the time he's making these comments isn't in the portal. He's still a member of Jackson State's team. It's all inappropriate. It's Dion doesn't play by any set of rules. You can do that at the SWAC. And he's about to get eaten alive by Pac-12 coaches that are irate. That, that he's going to be trying to entice their kids to get into the portal. This is not going to work, JB. And, and you know what? I hope that I'm wrong. Maybe coaching has changed so much that you can put yourself on a pedestal as the head coach, put yourself above the team, and the kids won't care. I would have walked out of that meeting. Out of let me ask you this. Deuces, let me, Dion. Let me flip side this coin, though, real quick. Uh, we're in a generation now, though, that the coach, the the let me ask, the kid has been given the car keys, right, before they ever earn anything. So I want to flip it on you, though. The kids right now control everything. And all these people out there are like, oh, JB, you're mad that the kids don't have to bow down to the coach making $9 million. Well, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if there is no hierarchy in the world, we have mass anarchy. And there has to be some sort of hierarchy. And right now, across the country, youth, high school, college, and even in the NFL now, you see it with Kyler Murray cussing out Cliff Kingsbury and everything else. It starts somewhere. And we are begging these kids to... Trey Young right now at the Atlanta Hawks. He didn't want to show up for a shoot-around, so he don't come to the game. Like, come on. So, like, now we're seeing it trickle upwards. So when when do we get it back is my ask question, Jason. So when do we say, you know what, I'm tired of begging your butt, and you still enter the portal anyway, Jason, after we lose our integrity as a man by begging you to stay. You still enter the portal. By the way, Jason, an update. Today's Monday the 5th. This is actually like Black Monday when it comes to coaches in the NFL being fired. This is the equivalent in college. The portal opens. 50,000. 50,000 kids in a portal. There is an epidemic in itself. And it ain't no damn COVID. This is an epidemic in itself right here. And you can't tell me there's 50,000 kids in a portal that want to better themselves, according to the people in my show. Oh, you're hating on a kid bettering themselves. 50,000 kids want to better themselves. I think they're soft. They can't get yelled at anymore. They're enabled. They have no parenting at home. And when the parents allow it, guess who's going to also allow it? The The kids. And now the coaches are allowing it. When do we get it back? And that's the only issue I don't have with Dion. Because you know what? I don't like the eye stuff. I agree. But I do, I do say, you know what, at some point, who the hell's going to be the guy to say, you know what, little kid, 17-year-old who's never paid a bill, sent a kid to college or, or, or paid assurance, how about you listen to what the hell I have to say because I may know what I'm doing here. And uh, we don't do that right now. We're, we are begging these kids to stay, and they're leaving at all-time rate. And these coaches are still getting paid millions, 
And that's where I find the issue. Like these coaches are clueless on what these what makes these kids tick. And I think Dion at least knows what makes him tick. I don't believe he's a good coach uh, by any means, and I don't agree with the I I I stuff. And uh, but I do agree with trying to flip the script and get these kids back. Um, is he going to be the guy? Debbie. Debbie. I'm, I'm, I got to keep it moving. I'm a little short for time today, but uh, great job as always. I'm going to circle back to you on this Dion situation. Uh, guys, I want to tell you guys about my great friends, our great friends at Preborn. Tragically, every minute unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence, but amid the darkness, there's a light that shines, and that's Preborn. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once they hear that heartbeat and see the precious life, 80% of women then choose life. Preborn pregnancy clinics are positioned in top abortion areas where most abortions still take place. But preborn doesn't stop there. They love and support these mothers with maternity clothes, diapers, counseling, and so much more for up to two years. If you want to do good this year and help save the lives of the innocent, you want to do preborn. Preborn is completely dependent on you, the life, the pro-life community, as they fight the Giants. For just $28, you can rescue a baby's life, or $140 sponsors five ultrasounds. And now, through a match, your gift is doubled. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies. Our goal is to save 50,000 Blaze babies. Will you join us? Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or donate securely my way. Preborn.com slash Jason. That's preborn.com slash Jason. All right, you can email us at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. TJ Moe on Deion Sanders. Welcome back. Uh, let's go to a man, T.J. Moe, who played in the SEC, played at a Power 5 school, played for Gary Pinkle at Mizzou. Gary Pinkle just went into the College Football Hall of Fame. T.J. Moe knows what a great head football coach looks, sounds like, talks like at a Power 5 school. Uh, T.J., uh, did we hear any of that from Deion Sanders that gave you confidence that he's going to be able to turn things around at Colorado? Not a shred of it. The, uh, you know, the thing that I'm most annoyed by is that, or, or the, the thing that I hated most about the speech is that we even got to see it. The, the, in your very first meeting with your team before, by the way, it's even been introduced to the world yet, according to JB, I, I can't imagine putting that out for the world to see, you know, w w when I was in new England, our very first meeting, which was not, uh, televised by the way, uh, Belichick came in and said, look, if you've got my face or Insta face or snap face, he didn't even know what they were called. He said, delete them now. That's not going to help us win football games. And he was well aware that social media and uh, letting everybody know what we're doing all the time is not how you succeed. It's like Dion putting that out there is telling everybody he's not serious about winning football games and building men. He's serious about getting Instagram likes. And I can't stand that. And all of the players could feel that. You know what? It was probably the most narcissistic speech 
I've ever heard from a head football coach. Um, I actually went back and counted because I was I was so annoyed. He said, I'm coming 21 times. It's like and, and in his defense, he's been coddled his whole life because he was a superstar athlete. He was introduced by the athletic director as Coach Prime. How about Coach Sanders? Would that be okay? And then further, when when Dion starts as though it's some acceptance speech to get into the Hall of Fame, and he says, this never would have been possible without this guy. He says, I love you. And the guy speaks up, I love you too, man. It's like, all right, we're already off on a really bad foot here. We've got this athletic director is a loser, and he he is enabling this narcissistic behavior. But it's like, look, if you're sitting in the what ended up being an audience, but if you're the players, you're thinking, we're not here for you, Dion. You're supposed to be here for us. Why do you keep talking about you? You're coming in to help coach Colorado. We were here before you. And so we've been committed trying to make this a good program, and you're supposed to be helping us. Football's not an I sport. Football is a we sport. How about we are coming? And everybody should be looking out for us as we build this. Uh, another thing, uh, Belichick just had a milestone win last year, year before. He's like second all time. And what he said was, players win games. I just try to put you in the best position. I try to cultivate a culture for you guys to win. And so thank you guys. I've had a lot of great players. That's the greatest coach of all time that's saying that. And Dion comes in and says, I'm coming 21 times to a group of people that he's never met. You know, th- this is something you touched on with JB. Um, it, he came in and said positions are already spoken for before he's had a word with a single person. By, by the way, the, furthermore than this, he said, I'm trying to think of his son's name, Shamir, I think, Shamir. He, in the press Shador. conference, I just, Shador, thank you, uh, said, this is your future quarterback. His son. It's unbelievable to me. First of all, to put your son in that position is unbelievable. For, so now no one will believe when he is eventually named the quarterback, there will not be one person inside or outside of the building that believes that he earned it. He announced it in his speech in front of the media. Unbelievable to me. But he says he's coming with luggage and it's Louie. How about every position is open and we're going to succeed with the right players, the right cultures, the right work ethic, everything we're going to do, I'm here to bring it to you, not because of me, not because I'm prime time, but because I've been to championships, I was a good player, I've also been around some of the best coaches to ever live, and I know what sort of culture it takes, I'm going to provide that to you so you and we can win championships. I'm telling you, it's one of the worst speeches I've ever heard. So everybody listening to that, uh, who isn't calling you racist, and you're not, uh, everyone who isn't doing that is saying, hey, what about all the games he just won at Jackson State? He just went 12-0 and at Jackson State. You can't tell me he doesn't know what he's doing. He just has a different approach. It worked at Jackson State. Why won't you believe it's going to work at Colorado? Well, if you believe Brittany Renner is uh, helping you win football games, and I don't have a whole lot to talk about with you, uh, have that conversation with me when Lincoln Riley puts 100 on him in uh, next year at some point. I don't even know if they're on the schedule in the side of the conference. But I'm just telling you, these guys are going to have a, a target on this dude because he – one thing that Coach Pinkle always used to say is we're not changing – we're not doing it. Everybody's telling us we should do this and that. Our fundamentals work. There's a way to do it. There's a way to win. 
And he wasn't saying, hey, we're not going to throw the ball more this game or we're sticking with this 4-3 defense and we're not blitzing. What he was saying is we have fundamentals. There are ways to win. There are ways to succeed. There are ways that we can get after it. And that's what we're going to do. And so we've seen these me guys. They all flame out. The guys that are all about themselves and talk frequently about themselves. Dion's acting like this is 1993 and he's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just... Call me racist, you know, I I don't have a lot of uh, empathy for a guy that should know what it's it's supposed to look like, right? Whatever happened at Jackson State, to to answer that directly, he's playing with a bunch of recruits that could have been playing at Alabama, and he was playing against a bunch of kids that shouldn't be at Alabama, and that's how you win those games, and also, you can do things for a very short time. He, He may have... This is not an attitude. If he gets to the place at the highest level, which Colorado is not the highest level, uh, but if he gets to a place at the highest level, if he ever got an SEC job and he had to play in the SEC West, he would understand that it's about the players and I have to create a culture for them to win. And this culture that he's creating, I guarantee you, is not uh, uh, anything that leads to success. There was not a single ingredient in that speech that would lead to the proper culture for success. Look, Texas A&M has a bunch of talent. They didn't win this year. The culture has to be right. And, mm-hmm. and again, I know that's SEC. But, but in the Pac-12, Dion's not going to have the talent advantage disparity that he had at Jackson State. And, and let's say he does have more talent than everybody else. It still won't matter at the level he's playing at right now because again, those kids have to be developed cultivated the 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 chemistry has to be right there's all listen man he he's not gonna get away with what he did at that press conference forever you can say all those things at jackson state yeah my kid who's not in the transfer portal is still a a student at jackson state he's going to be our starting quarterback that's (laughs) that's against all the ncaa protocols it's the kid's not even in the portal yet and again, he's been allowed to play by his own set of rules. Man, I'm telling you, it, it sounds like I hate Deion Sanders. I've liked Deion. He, mm-hmm. For a super, supremely talented, and he's in a conversation as, I bet, for one of the 100 greatest athletes in American human history. And, yes. and I say that in all sincerity. He played baseball and professional football at a very high level. He played football at the highest level. He, did, he didn't work extra hard, and that's why he ran a 4-1-40. That's God-given talent. He was kissed in the womb by God and all the athleticism, and so uh, <clears throat> he's one of the, and so the things that he got away with and the way that he was pampered and coddled, he doesn't know or he doesn't realize all the protocols he's been allowed to jump because of his supreme athletic talent and what that afforded him. And that most of the kids, the overwhelming, all the kids that come to Colorado, they're not going to be nearly as talented as him. They're going to be reliant on a culture and a system that's put in place to help them develop. And I really don't think he knows much about that. I, I really don't. And it, it's like a, a high, a running a powerhouse high school that one of these Catholic schools in a major city that 
has all the best facilities, best, and then they go pluck out the best talent from around the country and give those kids scholarships. And and I can't remember where Jerry Fouts, oh, didn't Jerry Fouts coach at Cincinnati Moeller, I believe, one of those elite Catholic high schools in Ohio, and he was dominant. And then he took his act to Notre Dame and he got embarrassed. And, and mm-hmm. that's literally what Dion is doing at Jackson State. It's really no better than IMG Academy or some of these elite high school programs. You get more talent, you dominate everybody, and now he's jumping into the deep end of the pool. And when Jerry Fouts, I don't even know if he had much success in the Mid-American Conference when he ended up there. It's, he's about to get humbled. And, <laughs> and the level of idolatry, self-idolatry, and, and this is what a lot of people can't understand. You can make yourself, you can become your own idol. People think I make fun of myself and criticize myself as a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's a reminder every day that I do it to try, don't take yourself too seriously, don't put yourself on a pedestal. Jason, at the end of the day, you're a POS, and if not, for some obedience to God, everybody would be able to see it. And, and so <clears throat> I, I just, Dion is about to get humbled in my opinion. I did not like any parts of this speech. Uh, j- you, you know, we're repeating ourselves, you said it, but, but it's about those kids. Yep. And he comes in and say, you, you're complacent. You're the, how would you know? That's you right. haven't coached any of them. How would you, you've been coaching Jackson State. How would you know complacency was the problem? Maybe we only won one game here because our coaches were terrible or we were a bunch of injuries or a bad culture. Who, who, maybe it wasn't because we were complacent, but to sit there and say, and I'm coming and it's all, so. didn't like it. And, and I'm telling you, I like Dion. And I, I said, what, what I was saying about the athleticism is I think he's not a horrible person He's done a good job despite being blessed with all of this talent. But there's a reason why the, the great players don't make great coaches, and we're about to see it in real time. Well, I think you're exactly right. And you mentioned that he got away with things that other people couldn't get away with. That was true on the field. That was also true off the field. Wasn't Didn't he – this was in the 90s at some point, obviously. Didn't he fly in to play a baseball game after a football game one time? I think I, once, I believe, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, in what world do you get away with that? You are supposed to be committed to your team, and you're like, sorry, fellas, I got to go play my football game. I'll fly in and hope I play okay. That's, so he's, obvi- again, supremely blessed, more than probably anybody not named Bo Jackson that's ever existed. Uh, but... That's stuff you don't get away with. The other thing I, I didn't like, he came in and said, he talked about, you know, when I was seven years old, I told my mom that she would never, you know, I would take care of everything. I was going to be rich. And it's like, and, and the reason you guys can't do that, you have all this in front of you and you haven't bought in and you're complacent. It's like, Dion, the vast majority of these kids will never have the talent to do what you did. You had the talent and the attitude and it worked. Congratulations. Why can't you go in and say, Guys, the complacency stuff, I don't know if it's true or not, right? People have said that. He said a spirit of complacency. He didn't just say this team. He said around the whole campus. It's like, what do you know about this campus? You've been here for five minutes. You walked into one building. So 
instead of walking in and saying that, he's like, I, I would love for him to be the father figure. I always go back to this with head coaches because Coach Pinkle was this to us. Belichick did a, a measure of this with the players. If you listen to the guys that were close to him, they're teachers and they show you how. So instead of looking around and saying, I'm coming, say, I don't know what happened before. It obviously wasn't working. That's why I'm here. And what I want to do is provide a culture that will help you succeed in life. And I hope that means that all of you guys will be professional football players at the next level. I, I would love to be the first team that has 127 guys go to the next level. That'd be great. The likelihood is not high. So what I want to do is I'm going to provide you for manhood. And I'm, I'm a man now. I've lived. I'm out in the world. I'm past my playing days. I, I'm paying bills just like the rest of you guys. And I've had to work. I'm building programs now. I'm not supremely blessed to have built uh, uh, Jackson State. I had to go work at that in coaching. It wasn't something I was just given. And so I'm going to show you how to do all this stuff. And I would love your buy-in. And if you guys... You know, we're in a culture of the transfer portal now where it's like give up as stuff is hard. If you got to go, I understand it. This is going to be really hard, but I promise you it's going to be worth it if you stick with me. Thank you, TJ. I want to bring the Korean Cosell in here. Thank you. Great job. Go to YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock. Hit notifications. Subscribe. Korean Cosell. Next. All right, welcome back. Uh, let's go out to Los Sanders, bring in the Korean Cosell. I want to continue my Deion Sanders conversation. Uh, Cosell, I'm going I'm to make you talk about a black issue first as it relates to Deion. Let's play the clip of Deion talking about being black. I know you're an expert on that, uh, Cosell. So here's Deion Sanders talking about being a black coach or whatever. Let's hear this. The thing that alarms me the most is just because I'm leaving Jackson, they think that I'm leaving African-Americans. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> I can never leave who I am and what I am and how I am and how I go about being that. So it is still my task to look in that locker room and see 65 to 70% of African-American men trying to help them get to the next level as well as all the others. My calling is for young men, young women, and people of all walks of life, all social climates and all ethnicities. That's my calling. My calling is not built on a location. It's built on a destination. Now that was good. You're supposed to clap for that. <laughs> Darn it, that was good. You give some of my good stuff. We just we just getting started. I already went in the bag, baby. Let's go. That's Deion Sanders. He he tells people to clap. They clap. They <laughs> fall on every word that comes out of his mouth. Oh, I want y'all to know, you know, I'm black, but I'm not leaving black people. Look, man, Jackson State's campus is like 98% black. Colorado's campus is about 2% black. You did leave black people. Steve, I'm not, I, I don't think this is going to go well. I don't think it's going to go well at all. I, I, I think this is going... Uh, I think I really believe this is going to set black coaches back uh, qu quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I think Dion and the values that he's showing or the lack of values that he's showing are, are, are why, and particularly black coaches that are former players that all want to get jobs. He just basically, from his press conference to his meeting with the players, 
if I'm someone with a brain, I'm going, this is why I don't hire former great players. They have no idea the difference between coaching and playing. It's great what he did at Jackson State, recruited a bunch of talent, and they won some games. Uh, that's just not going to fly at this next level. I just don't see this working, Steve. This is an interesting one. If they say 80% of that business, which is college football coaching, is recruiting, then he has a shot because there's no doubt about it. He has a magnetic personality. He's still a legend. I think enough kids understand who he is that he'll be able to stock his roster with blue chip talent, which I think the transition is already happening. And in terms of the buzz that he's creating, it's already palpable. I, I mean, Jason, I, I'm a college football fanatic and a, and a child of the 80s. I remember in the late 80s all the way till about the early 2000s, Colorado had a real presence on the West Coast. If you actually look at the heartbeat or the foundation of those great teams, most of it was built or a lot of it was from Southern California. Darian Hagan, Locke High School, George Hemingway, Colton, Dion Figures, uh, Rashan Salam. It was from San Diego. Eric Public Enemy from Bishop Amat. Okay, and so I look at all these players and I'm thinking – he can recreate some of the magic. Now the question becomes, at Jackson State, every game he went into in SWAC league play, you know he had a huge talent advantage. The question becomes, when can he then level the field for Colorado, which went 11-1, and and then create that advantage again? Here's my question to you, Jason. Do you have a problem with him leaving for any other job or was it the fact that it was the first job that he got offered? Or do you think that he left Jackson State too early, that he didn't necessarily fulfill the mission statement that he promised? Because that, cause to me, I think this is a really nuanced conversation. I, I, my disappointment with him leaving is I felt there was a great opportunity to take Jackson State and SWAC HBCU football mm. to a whole new level. Okay. And I felt like Dion could have been at the forefront of that, and he should have inspired, demanded, talked black celebrities into pouring money into those uh, universities, particularly Jackson State, and just taking that thing to a whole new level. That's where my disappointment. Mm. Second level of disappointment comes down to it's Colorado. It, 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 it's, not, it's not Florida State. It's not some SEC team. It's not, it's, it's the worst team in the Pac-12. They went 1-11 last year. It's been a graveyard for virtually every coach that's come in there after Bill McCartney. And, and Steve, what, what I may end up having to, if I'm proven wrong on this, and I, I very, well, very well might be wrong, maybe he doesn't fail. But trust me, everything in my soul tells me it's not going to work the way he's going. But if he does succeed, and I'm proven wrong, it will be because I have miscalculated how much football has changed and how uh, the reduction in practice time perhaps has de-emphasized coaching and chemistry and environment to the point that college football and maybe even the NFL is all just like, if you got the most talent, just show up, everybody be sober on game day, and, and it'll work <laughs> out. Because, it, it, again, th there's great high school football coaches who can't coach a lick but right. have the most talent, coach at some Catholic school, get the most talent, and, and they win every year. 
Maybe that's what college football has been reduced to. That's not the college football I remember. That's not the college football that Nick Saban has dominated the last 10, 15 years. Coaching actually matters. Environment actually matters. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe things have changed. And all you need is a guy to show up and get talent to attract. And it doesn't matter what attitude, what, but, but I, I, right now, I don't believe I'm wrong. I don't think it's changed that much. I just don't see this working. And again, as it relates to a problem uh, with, with him leaving, if he had left for something better than Colorado, I'd have less of a problem with it. Uh- so there's a couple things. Number one, in terms of the era that he's coaching in, transfer portal and NIL, if there's ever a time for Deion Sanders to succeed, I believe it is now because he is still very much a brand. Okay. But let's go back to the original premise of my question. I was on a stream a couple of uh, days ago as this news broke with a gentleman by the name of Coach Hayes. There's a great YouTube channel talking about football. He coached high school and college and he's a black man, and he went to Hampton. So he's an HBCU guy. And he expressed disappointment to me that, look, I'm rooting for Dion. Dion did great things at Jackson State and elevated the profile of HBCUs. But me and him came to the same conclusion. Him only being there three years, and again, they should be grateful for those three years, his time did feel incomplete. And the phrase that I have is that a rising tide lifts all vessels. Now, we know that his tenure at Jackson State Certainly lifted Dion, certainly lifted Jackson State, but did it lift the rest of the SWAC and the other HBCUs that he wanted to really uh, shine a spotlight on? I don't think so. See, both things can be true. I don't have an issue with anyone taking more money or a better job. We do it all the time. We are capitalists. But keep this in mind. It's not me, you, or Coach Hayes putting these expectations that, hey, you have a duty to fulfill, and it's a calling, as he called it, a calling to help and to lift the HBCU industry. We didn't say it. He did. And see, that's where I do actually understand some of the disappointment, because this has been a polarizing thing on social media. There's Shannon Sharp on one side, Roland Martin on the other. A lot of YouTubers I've watched, they have like disparate opinions about this. And I think both things can be true. Dion did some really good things for the HBCU Jackson State and, let's be honest, for primetime himself. But did he necessarily fulfill the destiny that he laid out for himself? I would say he probably did not. See, I think he elevated Dion Sanders and nothing else. Hmm. I think Jackson State got elevated for three years and now they're going to be forgotten about uh, you know, moving forward. I, I don't think, and he didn't do anything for HBCUs. I think there was a great opportunity. I can't put it all on Dion but, because again, right. I put He's it on the LeBron James. And, right. Jason, he, he, he took the task of just coaching one program to say, okay, Dion, you, you really have to do this for everybody and you're stuck here for 10 years, come hell or high. I don't think that's fair either though, Jason. You're right, because where are the yeah, other celebrities? I'm not saying that stuck here. I, I'm not saying stuck here, but but I'm tired of everybody putting on their Black Lives Matter flags. Everybody talking about how pro-black they are. Dion at his press conference talking about, you know, I haven't left black people. There's still going to be 60 percent of this team black. Dion had a chance to do something for all the students at Jackson State, not just the kids on the football team. And, and so I'm tired of 
black people, particularly the celebrities and the elites, talking about uh, I'm pro-black and I'm about black this and we need black Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. We, we don't have the discipline to build our own. We don't have the commitment to build our own. The first sniff we get outside of our own, we run to it. And we saw all oh, these facilities and there's no crime. Dion actually said this uh, t- to those kids at Colorado. It's like, oh, these facilities and there's no crime yeah. and blah, blah. And, and, and I'm just, <laughs> it was a little sweet. He did. He mentioned that several like, times, by the way, Jason, about <laughs> what a nice area Boulder is. It's not a lot of crime. Yeah, like, hmm. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> and, 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 and listen, he needed what he really wanted to say. He didn't want to say nice. He wanted to say white. Oh, what a white area Boulder, Colorado is. And I'm so glad me and my son and my family are here and not in Jackson, Mississippi. And that's what people are bothered by. And this is what my entire complaint with all the people that love to go beg white people. Oh, you got to do this for us. You got to give us. We don't have the courage, the discipline, the commitment to build our own. And that, that's not just on Dion, because Dion, <clears throat> when pe- people should have been able to recognize the opportunity that Dion put in front of everybody that loves SWAC football, HBCUs, whatever. It's like, wow, if we continue to help Dion build this thing up, we can build the whole SWAC up. And, and while it may never be uh, what Division I football is at the Power Five, it could certainly be something that we, we've shown. You can get TV ratings with Dion. You can pack these stadiums, 60,000, 70,000 people with Dion and HBCU. They could have built something sustainable and returned the HBCUs to a powerhouse in football that were regularly generating pro players. They could have used that money and attention to benefit all the other students, just like they do at predominantly white institutions. But again, right. and, we and Jason, love to go beg. We don't like to build. Well, again, and Dion was never going to accomplish that in just three years. That's the reality. It's not a knock on Dion. Yeah, I know. And so, but Dion told us that I think his intentions during the 60-minute feature that was done about, what, two months ago, he said if a better, bigger, more lucrative job comes, and again, I don't know how truthful it is, but he said, look, I can't just think about me. This is also about my assistants. I got to make sure that their lifestyles and their compensation is greater. But let's go all the way back here. And I mentioned this with Coach Hayes on Saturday night. Like the Negro Leagues, do you know what basically broke up that industry? Integration. That's the truth. There was a time that schools like Grambling was an NFL pipeline. They had as much talent as anybody alongside other schools. But as soon as the Sam Bam Cunninghams came to Alabama and ran roughshod over the tide, then you had mass integration, right? And the players themselves had, had to make a decision like, you know what, these are better opportunities at the SEC schools, ACC schools, and Big Ten. And much like Major League Baseball, as soon as the Larry Dobies and the Jackie Robinsons and then soon the Henry Aarons decided to play Major League Baseball, there is a price. There is a sacrifice for integration. I don't know what if you want to call it a casualty of business or the reality. I don't know, Jason, if you could ever put that genie back in the bottle as it relates to HBCU football. Well, uh, I do think 
this was the opportunity and the shot and it's past us. I don't know. I, I was sitting here scratching my head last night and today I was on the phone uh, with the uh, athletic director at HBCU just trying to speculate on who, who could Jackson State hire to replace mm. Deion Sanders. And, and the only name I could come up with that would have a shot, but then I don't think he's interested, is Ray Lewis. Uh, mm. and, and, and I'm not sure if, you know, I do think Ray a year ago was interested in coaching at an HBCU, but I don't know if, if I'm Ray, would I want to replace Deion uh, after, you know, just going 12-0? and 0? Uh, That might be signing on to a sinking ship. Uh, but but, but I, I, I don't know if there's another Dion no, th- that, there isn't. that could bring that kind of opportunity to an HBCU. No, Dion is a brand. I mean, look, he's in Aflac commercials that are nationwide alongside Nick Saban. As great as Ray Lewis is, and he's one of my five favorite football players of all time, I don't remember the last time I saw him endorsing a product. Dion is special, and this is what Coach Hayes said, that this why, why this was so disappointing. You cannot replicate Dion. Yes, there's a lot of great black football players. Look, I believe Tennessee State, if that's the school, they have Eddie George. Eddie George. A very, a very accomplished football player. Heisman Trophy, went to a Super Bowl, <laughs> numerous Pro Bowls. It hasn't made that much of a splash. And that's the disappointing part is that no one else can – if there were like 10 other Dion's then you could say, you know, we can regroup. Let's rethink this whole thing in terms of a rising tide lifts all vessels, right? Problem was only one vessel got lifted here. And then you'll say it's Dion. I'd say it's Jackson State overall with Dion. I don't know. And by the way, whoever's walking into that Jackson State job, you're losing your standout quarterback who happens to be Dion's son. The number one overall recruit last year that they took from Florida State, uh, he's Travis Hunter. Looks like he's on his way to Colorado. So that's not a very attractive job if you just look at it. Because I would have to think, this is where, again, I will agree with the critics of Dion that if last year at this point, if young Jason Whitlock has offers from all the SEC and Big Ten schools, and I tell you, hey, Whit, let's do our thing. Let's come back to the roots. Play with us. We don't need to be at one of those. No, this is our game, right? And if I'm leaving 11 months later, yeah, I, I could see why there is some pushback to this. There is a reality. There's a gray area to that. I don't think this is just black or white as a figure of speech. <laughs> <laughs> Last yeah. thing, Steve. What did you think of Dion's I'm coming speech? You I mean the one to the media that. or to the team? <laughs> okay, yeah. The uh, team. Uh, I liked it. I, I know you. Look, if I'm a parent of one of those players, I'd be horrified. But if I'm a Colorado Buffalo fan, oh, because there's a saying, what must be done eventually should be done immediately. The bottom line is they're going to purge that roster. Let me give you two examples. USC this year with Lincoln Riley, they brought in 30 new players, basically a whole new team. And he said, you know what? That team was bad. Mario Cristobal at Miami, he tried to go half pregnant. He tried to sort of bring in a new team. He didn't hit the portal as hard. The team was a disaster. And now this year, trust me, there are going to be liberal, liberal usage of the portal. And nowadays with the NIL and the transfer portal, you could turn this thing over quickly. 
with Dion's ability to attract players. And look, that team was 11-1. and one. Be honest, Jason, from a pure football standpoint, when you walk into a room that was 11-1, and one, how many good players are there? 1-11. and 11. One yeah, and eleven. One and eleven. And as Dan Hawkins, former coach, once said of the Buffaloes, one of the great rants of all time. Hey, brother, Big Twelve football. This ain't intramurals, brother. This is a business now. Dion is also there to win. Remember that. This ain't intramurals, brother. Love that quote from Dan Hawkins. Thank you, Steve. Gotta let you go. Uh, tomorrow we may talk some NFL. There's a bunch we need to cover. All right, that's tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, all receiving We all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want, I wanna be